All right, Galatians chapter 3. Before I get going, I want to just encourage you to come out today at 2.30, meet us here. Let's go to this uh, Creek Baptism. It's over here in Spring Creek. Um, Come rain or shine, we're going to baptize some people. Um, If you've never been water baptized, today is your day. I want to ask you, why not? Uh, Jesus said to do it, and Jesus did it himself. Um, I want to encourage you. Uh, Also, um, uh, Jimmy Bilbrey uh, is one that's going to be baptized today. Um, Juanita and Andrew. Andrew had to leave just a moment ago because of feeling lightheaded. They've taken him to the ER. Uh, He has all kinds of heart issues. So we just ask the Lord just to bless them. Um, Juanita will be giving a testimony this coming Wednesday night, which we're all very excited about hearing. I want to encourage you to come out and hear that for our small group Wednesday night. Juanita and Andrew sit right here on the front row. So we just, uh, Lord, we just lift them up and ask that Andrew be okay. All right, Galatians chapter uh, 3, verse 1. I heard some Bibles moving. That's good. Bring your Bibles. Oh, foolish Galatians. (laughs) Already, we're in trouble. Apply yourself. Apply yourself to what's being said here. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You have experienced so much, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? So, can you even drink that in? I almost want to read it again, but I'm not going to. That's your job. I did my job. You need to read that again. He, what is he saying? This is kind of where, where my heart is right now, is learning to live. Everybody say live by faith. Live by faith to carry on your life with purpose, on purpose, through faith, through the Word, through the Spirit. So I want to ask you a question. Where are you right now with your walk with Jesus? Listen, you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself and the Lord. This is an answer you can just answer yourself. Where are you, really? Where are you, really? Are you really walking with him? Or are you just checking in every now and then when the circumstances require it in your mind? How many of you use your phone to check into places? You get there and you do the little check-in thing. I've never done it. I don't want people to know where I am, to be honest with you. Uh, But people check in. And is that the way we handle God? Do we just check in whenever things get bad? And then we check back out. I don't think you do it on purpose. No one would ever say they would do that on purpose, but that's what we do. God's not even in the picture until hell shows up at my door. That's not the life that we've been called to live. 
All I'm wanting to do is to get the light to shine on your heart to let you know there is more to your life than just um, fire and God's fire insurance. You know what that means? We don't ever need fire insurance unless there's a fire. We don't ever need God unless we have a problem. It's not true. That is no way to live. That is not what God wants. God doesn't just want you when things are bad. How would your marriage be? Dude, I'm good. Honey, I'm good. Unless things are bad. And then I re-engage. No, I don't want, I don't want to just be dumped on. Anybody have a friend that they don't ever talk to you unless they have to dump? I don't like that kind of friendship. I want to laugh. I want to cheer. I want to have fun. I am the worst at this, I will just tell you. As we open up the altars for prayer, and we're, we were really experiencing the presence of God. I had a couple of the worship team members just mention that So Will I song. And even in the midst of us going, doing the song, the song overwhelms us as a team. It's just an overwhelming song to recognize the great power of God. And then we open up the altars for prayer. And I woke I, I had a back injury somehow. I don't know how I had it. And I'm the last person to ask for help. From God or from man. I'm good. Y'all all leave me alone. Elizabeth called and said, let's go to the ER this morning. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going. going to do my thing. If I've got to stand up here with a cane or if I've got to wobble around or Justin, I told Justin, if I just can't do it, you're going to have to step in. I got you. I said, okay. But I had the thought right before worship of here is the Lord waiting for me. Here he is waiting for me with jobs and with kids and with everything. He is waiting for me with everything for me to come to him because he has come to me. He has done it. Church, it's done. But what I have to do is I have to come to him. I have to come to him. So what I did was I, one of the worship team members is a deacon. I grabbed another deacon that was sitting close to the, close to over here, and I just said, you two come in here. Scripture says, call for the, elder, the uh, elders of the church, lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Okay, God, let's just put your word to work. You guys come in here, lay hands on me, pray for me. Now we're going to go do what we do. I, I've got to go do my stuff. And I can tell you, I don't feel completely healed, but I feel a thousand times better than I did this morning at practice. Now, I'll tell you, I did tank up on ibuprofen. I, I, I did the natural thing. But I can tell you, God is moving, and God wants to move in your life. And the things that you're needing breakthrough from, come to Him. All those that are sick and heavy laden. Those are, those are kind of churchy words. Are you in need? Come to the Lord. Jesus came for the ones in need. So if you're in need, you're, you're his. You're his. He's ready for you. So we see here, and I know it kind of feels like I'm on a tangent a little bit here, but no, this is a daily walk with the Lord. When we stop literally walking in faith and just walk, dealing with our own stuff as it comes, it's no wonder we wind up lost. 
How many here are wandering around in your life lost? Don't raise your hand. I know you are. I can see. And all you got to do is watch me. I was wandering around this morning. Poor Nolan walked in, and I had to just sit down and just kind of wander around. I was just wandering around all morning. God's saying, don't wander. I'm right here. Call on me. And I'm here. Church on the hill, call on him. If you're sitting there wondering where God is, that's a great question. Find out. Start looking. Let me ask you this way. Have you told, have you had the moment where you recently told God, God, I'm trying to do so good, I'm trying to do so right, but I can't get anywhere. I'm getting nowhere. I've told my deacons a few times in the last year or so, I feel like I'm on a treadmill with going nowhere. It's good. God doesn't want me to go nowhere. You know, and that sounds like I'm messing up my English. I'm not. Go back to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. Why are you on the treadmill going nowhere? Why? What is Galatians chapter 3 saying? It is an answer to the question, am I on God's path? Am I on God's path or my path? The moment we replace love with rules and structure and system and routine and comfort is the moment we begin to take, to begin to place the world off of God's shoulders and onto ours. Did you hear me? The moment I stop walking in faith and just walking is the moment that the weight of the world is removed from God and placed on me. God does not place it on me. I place it on me. No one can put the weight of the world on me but me. Not even Satan. He can't do that. I'm the only one that can. So here in Galatians chapter 3, it's saying, hey, church on the hill. Hey, Christians that are saying that you're believing in God. What happened along the road that you started picking back up the law and the rules and you forgot about me? Is anybody catching that? Was the death of Jesus Christ not made clear to you as if you, as if you saw the picture of him on the cross? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law? No, you received it because you believed in the message you heard about Christ. After starting new lives in the Spirit, why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Church, everyone does it. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm trying to say, oh, I have done that. I am living by human effort and not by faith. When I trust ibuprofen over God, ibuprofen is a band-aid. It doesn't fix the problem at all. It's literally a drug. So what is faith? Faith is buying into Jesus so much that we literally walk with him with his love, with his word, with his forgiveness, with his mercy, with his grace. Him, when we walk with him, he is literally with you. 
Can anybody testify to the fact that the Spirit of Jesus Christ is with you right now? Yes? No? Yes, He is with you. The Spirit of Christ is with me. As much so as if He were standing right here beside me. As a man, I will tell you, I believe it's even more in me than if he were standing here. Because if he were standing here, his spirit couldn't be in me. That's why he left. is so that we could all receive his spirit. His feelings, his direction, his love, his power is in me. He is with me. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5, the next scripture. I'll ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Why is he repeating himself? Because we don't listen? Because we don't change? Because he knows we're going to just fall right back into this? Can you walk an abundant life obeying the law? Being good? Let's call it being good. No. No, the abundant life comes by your belief. Believe. This word, everybody say believe. What does that mean? It's because you believe. What does believe really mean? Uh, Let's keep on going here. What does belief mean? Believe. So I think this is uh, Merriam-Webster's. I don't know. It's maybe Google. Um, Believe. To accept something is true. To feel sure of the truth truth of. We know that, right? Not giving anything new. Let's look at synonyms of believe. To be convinced by, to trust, to have confidence in, to consider honest, to regard as true, to accept, to put confidence in, swallowing, by. But this last one is what hit it for me. To go for. To go for. What does go for mean? It means I do it. I think we can back up and say, put confidence in. But I like this phrase, to go for. What does that mean? To act upon it. You know, if I really believe something, if I really believe it. Now, now you and I can talk about, you know, do you, do you believe in, um, I almost said Santa Claus, but I'm not going to say Santa Claus because then I don't, you know, we don't have the kids in here. Pixie dust? Yeah. I'd really rather it be something that probably really is real, but I'm not acting on it. I can believe in something but not do it. Something can be true but me still not do it. Me still want to go in in a different direction. Um, I believe that my pathway home is the best pathway home, but there's about five different pathways home. Doesn't mean I always go that way. You can believe in Christ, but what we're talking about is when that belief changes your life. So much so that you apply it, you walk it, you do it. 
You go for it. You act upon it. You walk it out. So what is faith? What's the, what, what's the scriptural description of faith? Faith is complete trust or confidence in something. That, that's what the definition, that's what the Webster's definition is, complete trust or confidence in something or someone. But Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the message says, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. This is from the message. The act of faith. Let's back up to the beginning, and I want to ask you, where are you with your walk of God? Walk with God. Do you have a walk that is acting or going for in faith? Are you walking in faith? Or does it only come up when something goes wrong? So if we go back to Hebrews 11.1 1 and New King James, it's the substance of things hoped for. What substance? It's your ground. It's the basis. It's the foundation. It's the support. So if it's the substance of the things I'm hoping for, then it's what I'm walking on. Faith is walking on what God says and believing that it's going to happen even though you don't see it yet. We talked in Sunday school this morning. Our problems happen when we see something. The moment we see a problem, we forget all that's under us. And we think that we're going to get tanked and, and fall off the wagon and, and wind up in, in hell. And if you keep following that path of trying to run and trying to handle it on your own, going back to the law, going back to your strength, you wind up in hell. Why? Because you've just walked off the foundation. You must stay on the foundation. You must be grounded the only way to be grounded is to have faith. The only way to have faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by. So how can you walk by faith if you're not in the word? I sound like a clang, I don't want to, I don't sound like a clanging symbol because that's not right. That was a negative connotation. But I say the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over. What do I say? You've got to be in the word. You want your life to change? Get in the Word. My testimony is the moment I started the one-year Bible and was faithful to it, even with the wrong attitude. I had the wrong attitude. I was doing it just because somebody guilted me into it. And they weren't trying to guilt me into it. I got guilted into it. But God still changed me. I don't care why you got in my Word. Get in my Word. I'll change your heart. The Word of God will change you. The Word of God will bless you. The Word of God will take captive your stupid thoughts. The Word of God will push out the stuff that needs to be out and settle in and firm foundation in the right things. So that when you show up in hell, you don't get scared. You don't run. You battle. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against me. Because greater is he that's in me than anything that could ever face me. Even this wrapper, open up. 
walking by faith, not going back to the law. Now, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with the law. The law was perfect. The thing that was wrong with the law is us. We couldn't do it. And if, if, if we could have kept the law, Jesus wouldn't have needed to have died. But Jesus had to die because you can't keep the law. The law shows us where we're messing up, but it is not our focus. Jesus Christ is our focus. His love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his power, his spirit, his body. Not living under this chain of rules, but living, walking with Christ, believing his word, his promises. That's what we're going to go to next. Is, uh, let, let's see. Let, let me go ahead and read Galatians chapter 3, verse 5, and I'm going to close here. I needed to get further, but we're not going to today. I ask you again, does God give you the... Is he asking it again? I'm repeating. I've already read the scripture. I want to read it anyway again. If I ask you again, does God, get, this is not the third time, this is still the second. If, if I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Next scripture. In the same way, Abraham believed God and counted him as righteous because of his faith. Next scripture. Verse 7, if it's there. No? Let me read it to you. Verse 7, the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Now, the reason I give you this scripture is because you're going to read, continuing in uh, Galatians, how now because we are Abraham, that we are descendants of Abraham, we receive the blessings of Abraham. So I want to ask you, do you know what the blessings of Abraham are? The reason you need to know what the blessings of Abraham are is because if you're not in those blessings, you're outside of God. That did not go over well at all. That's a shout for Jesus moment. The promises of Abraham are our promises because we are descendants of Abraham. Not, not because of lineage, but because of faith. And I can go back to the promises of Abraham and see if I'm starting to experience that. If I'm not, then I have somehow wandered off the foundation. Have I, have I just lost y'all? Amen. The reason God gives us his blessings and his promises is so that you can see a pathway of, 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 um, of blessing. These things should follow you. If they're not following you and all it is is hell and destruction and hurt and deception and depression and mess, hey, 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 that should not be following you. Wake up, oh foolish Galatians, there's something wrong. Pay attention to what's going on because I promised you this, but you're experiencing that. The problem is, problem, problem is not in heaven, the problem is in you. Okay. I feel like I'm trying to set somebody free, but it feels a little, it feels funny. Something feels funny. In Jesus' name, Satan, I just break all bonds that you have on us, that your word would come alive in our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would move in this place. We surrender to your spirit. We surrender to your body. We surrender to your, your majesty, God. You are sovereign God, and Lord, we trust you. And your word will not return void, but it will perform what it is that you have set it forth to do. Move in our hearts this morning. 
Jesus' name. Y'all, you got to stand up with me. I'm done. Living by faith. Living by faith. Sounds like Christianity 101. Uh, put up that next, put up that quote. It's my next. We're either in the process of resisting God's truth or in the process of being shaped and molded by his truth. There is no sitting on the fence. You're either coming or going. And I want to encourage you, turn. You turn. You're the one that needs to change. You You need to change. Get in the word. Seek God. Filter everything that you do through him. Everything. Everything. Father, in Jesus' name, if there's somebody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus, right where you sit, call on him. Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart. Spirit of the living God, come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you arose from the dead, that you carried all my sins to that cross and paid every price for me. I receive you this morning, Jesus. If that's you, I want you to tell somebody this morning. And the next step is water baptism. That old man going into the water, dead, new man coming out in Christ. If you just, if you just prayed that prayer with me, you are a new person. The stuff that you walked in for is paid for. Jesus forgives. If you're here today and you'd say, man, I've just taken the world back on my own shoulders. Can I just encourage you? Give it back to God. Just give it back. Right now, give it back to him. Say, God, I've been walking on my own foundation, and I'm getting back on your foundation. I'm going to replace my foundation and my thoughts and my wisdom with your thoughts, your wisdom, your spirit, and your word. Help me to relay that foundation and to walk on it and to stand on it and to walk by faith. And God, as I do, that you would just bless me. Father, over this church, that we would stand on your foundation, stand on your word, do the things that you're calling us to do, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done over this church. And God, that you would bless it. You would bless our church because you want to bless us. Father, I just thank you. God, I pray next Saturday for Convoy of Hope, that that this church would be a big part of serving in that, that also that, Lord, that you would just meet the needs of our community that is hurting, that all these churches coming together would be one church serving you and serving this community. Lord, I pray for this water baptism and just give us a little window of no rain and no thunder and let us uh, really have have a God experience out there today. Everybody here, I just speak blessings. The blessings of Abraham. I want to tell you one blessing that Abraham, that there is a blessing. That your seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that that's my family, that's my kids, that's my children's children. That Satan has no authority, but we have all the victory.
Thank you, Lord. Bless us this week. Give us our greatest week. I just ask, Lord, that you just send everybody back to our picnic and bring ice cream. Lord, just bless the day. Bless our day today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. Please go have some pizza rolls and hang out with us. God bless you.